What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S FantasyBB. We post all of our new podcasts, articles, all of our baseball content gets shared out through Twitter at EthosFantasyBB. So if you're on Twitter and you're not following, you are making a mistake, go ahead and show some support. Click the follow button. We got articles coming out every day. We got my podcast coming out every day and a lot of other different pieces, some of them on a weekly basis, some of them a couple times a week. There's a lot of content for you guys to check out. And if you're not on Twitter, you can check that out at SportsEthos.com. We're going to talk about some news and notes today. There's not a ton of stuff. And as I've pointed out a couple times recently, when you do a show every single day, there's not so much big, big news to go over. But there are, on a daily basis anyway. I mean, some days there are. Some days you get, I don't know, eight, ten pieces of news, and there's injuries, and there's call-ups, and whatever. Lately, it seems like there's been maybe a couple of things to talk about on the on the docket every day, but not like crazy long outlines I've been putting together recently because there just hasn't been really that much on a daily basis. We are going to talk about a couple of pieces of news that are important today, though. The first one, I think it actually came out last night, yesterday afternoon. It's Carlos Correa, and it's not a particularly great piece of news. Uh, so he has been diagnosed with, I always butcher the name of it, plantar fasciitis, fasciitis. I'm not even really sure how it's pronounced exactly, but he is essentially dealing with a strain in his left foot, and there's also a heel problem, which is what the, the plantar fasciitis is. It's foot and heel issues. And this is interesting. This is really interesting. This is why Carlos Correa's contracts that he had signed in the offseason were <laughs> null and voided pretty soon, because... He didn't pass his, his medical exams. He didn't pass his physicals. And a lot of it pointed back to injuries that he'd had before his Major League Baseball days started. And everybody at the time was thinking, well, why, this has never been an issue over his, what has it been, an eight-year career or something like that, eight, nine-year career. Why would it bother, why would it pop up now as an issue? The, the human body is a very <laughs> complex thing. We don't really know how it's going to respond under different situations, you know, exerting yourself and this and that and maybe re-aggravating some old injury. You really never know what's going to happen, but we probably should have seen this coming based on the fact that the doctors in the offseason were telling their teams to not sign Carlos Correa because of these foot, uh, lingering foot slash heel slash ankle slash whatever problems to, going on with his feet. Now, the question becomes... What do we do with Carlos Correa at this point? He's currently day-to-day. He's not been put on the injured list. They haven't said he's going to miss a long period of time or anything like that. But it's not like he's been so hot that you're thinking, oh, shit, you know, like this is really coming at a bad time. Correa was getting going. He really hasn't been good at all this season. He's batting two He's got six homers. He's got 24 ribbies, 14 runs scored. 14 runs scored is pretty horrendous. If we're being honest with ourselves, Two months into the season, <clears throat> I mean, I, I I don't want to take victory laps because you're still very early, and there's a bunch of things I got wrong. You know, I, I was big on Alec Manoa. There were certain things that I that I just messed up on this season. One of the things that I pointed out in the offseason was that Carlos Correa has never been a huge run in RBI guy, even in Houston, even with those juggernaut offenses. We weren't seeing him get 100 runs and 100 RBIs. I think he might have had 100 runs one time usually topping out at like 80 to 90 RBIs, which is good typically. But even last year we saw it. He didn't give you the entire season, you know, 522 at-bats, which is a, it's a pretty good chunk of the season, if we're being honest. But 70 runs and 64 RBIs, I've been worried about those counting stats for a while with Correa. To, 
on top of that, he doesn't steal bases anymore. Hasn't for a long time now. So the actual fantasy value of Carlos Correa, even when he's fully healthy, I think is fairly minimal, to be honest with you. I, I haven't been really a big Carlos Correa fan for fantasy in in a couple of years anyway. If you, if you just look at his history, right, he gives you good batting average. You know, he's a 276 career hitter. I mean, it's 213 this year. But that's going along with no steals since 2020. We're talking one season in his career of 100 runs. We're talking zero seasons of 100 RBIs. He's hit 25 home runs one time. I just don't think there's a lot of juice there from a fantasy point of view, even when Carlos Correa is is doing what he's supposed to be doing. Now, at the same time, he's not going to hit 213 the whole year, I wouldn't imagine. You know, he's got that really low BABIP right now of 252. He's ran pretty high BABIPs throughout his career, 315. So you have to assume over time that that will correct itself a little bit. I don't think he's going to hit 213. The lowest we've ever seen him hit over the course of a full season was 264. And that was during the short season in 2020. Outside of that, his lowest ever batting average, 274. So you're you're going to get better than 213 in all likelihood. I just don't know that it comes along with that much that there's really too much to be excited about. I think I wouldn't really be wanting to drop him, but if you're in a shallow like 10-team league, I wouldn't be really opposed to it, honestly. Like, if you're just looking at waiver wires, I'm just looking at my 10-team waiver wire and seeing which shortstops are available there on Yahoo. So Jake Cronenworth is available. Taylor Walls is available. Bryson Stott, Orlando Arcia, Javi Baez, Paul DeYoung, uh, Casey Schmidt, Matt McClain. There are definitely more options if you want to move on from Carlos Correa. I'm not advocating it necessarily, but I think in a 10-team league, you could make the you could make the case that what he's doing, especially with this foot injury now, is really not going to be a great outlook for the rest of the season. I, I don't know if he's gonna end up needing an IL stint or or what the seriousness of this really is. But at this point, I, I'm not I wasn't too big on him to begin the season. Now with how poor he's been with the injury, I wouldn't fault you for wanting to drop him. If you're in a twelve or a fifteen team league, I wouldn't do it just yet, but in those really shallow formats. I, could, I think there's a case to be made that Carlos Correa is not really going to have that much fantasy juice this season. So it really does depend on your format. It really does depend on a, a lot of different things. You know, on-base percentage formats, he does pretty well in because he walks a lot. But those steals, the lack of counting stats, the injury, there's just a lot that worries me with Correa. So take a look at your waiver wire. Maybe there's somebody on that waiver wire that is more interesting than Correa. As usual, I'm happy to help you guys out. If you have any questions, shoot them over on Twitter, whatever. But I think in a lot of cases, uh, you wouldn't be crazy to think about moving on from Carlos Correa. We'll leave it there, and we'll move on to another piece of kind of somewhat related news here. Royce Lewis is going to be coming up pretty soon. We haven't had an actual day. Uh, you know, They haven't said he's going to come up on a particular day, but he's eligible to come off the injured list on May 29th. You have to assume that he's going to come off when he is eligible, and then you'd think he's going to be called up. You'd think that he is kind of you know potentially a natural replacement there for Correa at short. I'm not really sure what the plan is going to be, because even if Correa is fully healthy, I feel like Royce Lewis still comes up, and they maybe put him at second or third, or they, they figure something out anyway, because Royce Lewis has been tearing the cover off the ball. He's never had a real chance at the big league level to this point, which is, I, I in my head, for some reason, I thought that he had a lot more major league experience than he actually does. Only played in 47 games in the big leagues in his career. Or excuse me, excuse me, no, he has, I'm looking at the plate appearances. He's played in 12 games. He's played in 12 games in the major leagues in his career. 41 plate appearances, 12 games. He has two homers, he has five RBIs. He batted 300 during that stretch and only struck out 12% of the time. And he was only walking, you know, minuscule 2% of the time. But we're talking a 12-game sample size where he was able to hold his own at the big league level. 
If you're looking at what he's done at all levels of the minor leagues, you're seeing a guy who has decent pop, not crazy power, but decent pop, good speed, always hitting for 300, like very consistently a 300 hitter at the minor league levels. So I think Royce Lewis is somebody that, you know, regardless of the Correa situation, should be an interesting target if you're in a league where, you know, you got NA slots, you can stash players, what have you. I think Royce Lewis does make a lot of sense to hold on to just to see what happens. Because we, we know there's a lot of volatility with guys who get called up, prospects who don't have a lot of major league service time. You don't really know what to expect. Even, you know, how we don't know what to expect from anybody ever, really, this season in particular. We've seen a lot of things that we're not used to, especially with pitchers. But even with, you know, with prospects coming up, you really don't know if they're going to hit the ground running, if they're going to suck, what's going to happen. But I think based on the profile of Lewis, based on the fact that there's a potential opening there in the starting lineup, and I think regardless of Correa's situation, Lewis is going to be up, and they'll figure out a way to get him in there in different infield spots, DH, what have you. But I I think that at this point, he is worthy of a stash. He's sitting on 44% of Yahoo rosters, which is probably about right. It, it shot up pretty damn quickly uh, over this last week or so. It's gone up about 15 17%. It was in the 20s for a while, low 30s, high 20 percentage, uh, roster percentage numbers. But he's shot up because of the proximity to what will likely be him being called up. So I would say that Royce Lewis is probably somebody that you should consider stashing at this point. If you have the space, if you have minor league spots in particular, but I don't think it'll be too long. So even if you do have to just eat a bench spot for the next three, four days in a daily changes league, assuming, that wouldn't be the end of the world for me. I think I would still do it. Let's talk about a couple of Yankees. Uh, Josh Donaldson and Giancarlo Stanton are going to be headed for rehab assignments very soon. Donaldson is actually starting his already, and I think that Stanton is going to be just a little bit behind him. Question is, are they going to have any fantasy juice? I don't think Josh Donaldson really does at this point. I think it's maybe in deeper leagues, like really deep leagues, you could make an argument that Josh Donaldson might be like a utility spot guy in, in a 15-teamer or something. But uh, he's not somebody that I would really be targeting at this point in your shallow leagues, in your 10, 12-team leagues. There's just really not a lot there. You know, if you look at what he did last season, he played most of the year, 132 games. Give you 15 homers, give you 59 runs, 62 ribbies, 222 batting average. Very replaceable production. He is in the declining phase of his career. We only saw him play five games so far this season, but he was striking out a lot. He's not walking the way that he usually does. There's not a lot of hope that I have for Josh Donaldson. And in the lineup that he's in, the Yankees lineup is it's okay. You know, outside of Judge and Rizzo, I don't think there's really too much there. Now, when Stanton comes back, that'll be another nice piece in that lineup. But I don't think that Josh Donaldson is somebody that I'd really care to be worrying about at this point in in any kind of format, really, if we're being honest. Like, in a 15-teamer, I think that you could make the argument, like, yeah, okay, he's a warm body, might get a decent spot in the batting order. I just don't think that there's going to be that much use of him. But at the same time, uh, in a 15-teamer, I wouldn't mind it. Anything more shallow than that, I think you're wasting a roster spot in an ad. I don't think there's really that much juice left in Josh Donaldson tank uh, from a fantasy point of view, or even from a real, really from a baseball point of view. We're talking about a guy who is 37 years old here. He's no spring chicken. He's not really done much these last couple of seasons. 2021 was a pretty good fantasy season for him. But at this point, uh, I think we're, we're okay to just leave him on waiver wires. Now, Giancarlo Stanton is definitely a lot more interesting. I'm not, this, not saying that he is like I don't. I don't really know. That's the thing with Stan. Like I don't. I don't really know what he's going to be. You know, he's going to hit for power. The batting average has kind of been in question the last couple of seasons. The health has certainly been a question. So I don't really know what he's going to be. But at the same time, he started off the year very well. He hit four home runs in his first 52 at bats. He was batting 269. And I know it's too small of a sample size to read much anything into really. 
But the upside of Stanton is so great. The power upside alone is just so remarkable. Last year in 110 games, 31 homers. Like we can, we know that he has that 50 to 60 home run pop in him. So he is somebody I'd be a lot more interested in adding. There's more potential for fantasy viability with a guy like Stanton than with Donaldson. I I think Stanton is on a lot of rosters already. He's about 90% rostered on Yahoo. So take a look, kick the tires around the waiver wire and see what's going on. Uh, in your shallow leagues, you might be able to find him. But even in, there, in that kind of situation, like a 10-team league, I think he's close. But I think more so you're looking at like 12-team leagues for Stanton. It, it really depends, too, because there's so many different settings. If you have three outfielders versus five outfielders, like he's a must-play in five outfielder leagues. I think in, you know, let's call it a 10-team, three-outfielder league. Is he a top 30 outfielder? Probably not, but I think it's it's a it's an iffy call in those shallower leagues for Stan. But for sure in a 12 and a 15-team league, and in any format with five outfielders, I would be all over him. But I would be a little bit more cautious about Josh Donaldson. I really think that he is probably done. Stanton, uh, you know, even if he just is able to come back and just hit you 30 home runs, which is very possible, there's a lot of fantasy viability in that. You know, I've said it a couple times over the years, the home run, it's it's the best thing that you can have happen for your fantasy team. It's it's pretty obvious statement, the more I think about it. But you're getting a boost in your homers, your runs, your RBIs, your batting average from just one hit. You know, it's like a strikeout for the pitchers. You get the strikeout, you get the little lowering of the ERA, you get the lowering of the whip. In turn, you're more likely to get a victory as well. But all that being said, I think the power will probably bring Stanton to standard league viability. I'm not sure that Donaldson is going to have any worth, though. So take a look at your waiver wire. Of course, send in any questions you got. But I think Stanton, go ahead and stash him. And Donaldson, you can go ahead and leave him on wires for now. Let's talk about Tyler Glass now. He is going to be making his debut on Saturday. It's against the Dodgers. It's a tricky matchup. Doesn't matter. Throw him out there. The thing with Tyler Glass now is that we're more likely than not, and I and I hope it's not the case because I have him in a couple of leagues where I, you know, I kind of waited on pitching, and then I took Glass now later on, hoping that, you know, he would... I was hoping for better than this so far. I was hoping that we wouldn't see so much time missed, um, you know, to start the season. It's, it's kind of tough to build that back up in Roto category leagues where you've missed two months of production from a player. But I knew what I was getting into when I drafted him at the same time. We know that Tyler Glass now is going to miss a lot of time, but when he is out there, whenever he's out there, he's always always looking really good. In his rehab starts, 20 strikeouts and five walks over 13 innings. He threw up, uh, what was it, 67 pitches in his last rehab start. So I think that, I don't know, he'll probably give you 70 pitches, 75 pitches against the Dodgers. Maybe they push him to 80. The Rays really are more conservative, so I'd be surprised if he gets to 80, but you probably see something similar to what we saw in that 65 to 80 range of pitches. And regardless while Glasnow is out there, if you're in a daily, because if you're in a weekly league, it's very unlikely that you would have put him in this week. Maybe it did. Maybe maybe you took the chance because they said on Monday that he was likely to debut Saturday. But I think it was kind of iffy if you were going to start him in a weekly league or not. In your daily changes leagues, put him in the starting lineup because we don't know if it's going to be five starts or ten starts or maybe it's twenty. Maybe we get lucky and he starts the rest of the season. But in all likelihood. Tyler Glasnow is probably going to have something happen at some point. I really hope that there's not, but just the way that his career has gone to this point, you kind of have to expect some kind of injury. So get the innings out of him while you can. I know that some people will be thinking, ah, oh, it's the Dodgers' first start of the year. Throw him out there. Throw out Tyler Glasnow, and it might not go according to plan, but I think it will. I think that, honestly, he is one of the best per-game pitchers in baseball. If he was healthy consistently, if he was, like, let's say he was healthy 
for the last two years or so. Like he would have been going probably in like the Carlos Rodon kind of range in draft season. I think he would have been like in the twenties, in the thirties kind of draft pick range. He's that good. He really is that good. It's just a matter of health. But while he's out there, throw him so you don't miss out on the production that might not last uh, a terribly long time if we've known Tyler Glass now over these last couple of years. Guys, it's going to wrap it up for us today, though. I'm literally about to go and record tomorrow's show as well, and it's going to be kind of a different show. I'm going to be talking about the projected best players rest of the season in e- for each particular position. I'm going to go through each position, and I put out a poll today on Twitter. You guys can go and check it out, at JoeOverico99. Just looking at the four best players to this point at each position, fantasy-wise, and there was, of course, you know some multi-position guys that I didn't want to include twice, but I generally looked at their primary position where I could, and I said, which second baseman are you taking? Which third baseman are you taking? Which starting pitcher are you taking? And it was pretty much from the top four options available. So we're going to go through those results tomorrow. We're going to talk about my preference for the one guy at each position that I'd like to take for the rest of the year, and we're going to have a little bit of fun talking about that. But guys... Really appreciate all the support. You guys, like I said earlier on Twitter, JoeRico99, Ethos Fantasy BB for all of our other podcasts, articles, and content. And make sure you're checking out sportsethos.com as well if you haven't already. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow. Really appreciate you hanging out. Until then, take care and cheers. Cheers.